Welcome to Wiffle's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wiffle. Welcome again to another Wolfels Press Box podcast. I'm Gary Wolfel, and as usual, I am joined by Jerry. What's your middle name, by the way? Oh, Edward. Jerry Edward Tapp. Thank you. So I can call you the Jet. It, nice. The jet, that's there nice. There you go. I've you, been called worse, but never. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you and Jason Terry have something in common. Wow. How's your three-point shot? Uh, it's really good. I'd like to take on Jason Terry in a three-point shooting contest. Are you a good three-point shooter? Yeah, I am. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I have uh, Giannis range outside of three feet. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you wish for the best, you yeah. know. You know, we uh, touched upon this briefly in our last podcast about the Brewers, but we focused on Jabari Parker, who is now a member of the Chicago Bulls, and mm-hmm. had a gala press conference down in Chicago last week, and uh, that was pretty impressive. But I definitely want to spend some time tonight talking about the Brewers and what's happened and how a couple weeks ago they were the talk of baseball, and now they're in a major funk. Yep. Just can't seem to be doing anything right, and any thoughts just to start out from your standpoint? I actually um, was watching a little bit of the game today, which they lost. And I think they've lost now, what, nine of their last 12. Now this is on a Sunday night we're talking. Yeah. Right, exactly. I think the thing that kind of struck me was the fact that, boy, they've got a lot of people injured. Thames, Aguilar has been off a little bit. You know, some of the guys that they started the season with are no longer there. Santana's uh, in the minors, RC is in the minors. You look at their starting lineup, uh, you look at some of the relief pitchers. Hernan Perez came in in relief today for to pitch two innings, and their backup catcher pitched <laughs> So they tonight. signed him to a long-term deal, <laughs> thinking he's their best pitcher they got? Well, he, he pitched two scoreless innings. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. So, you know, it's that they're 100 games into the season. We're down to the last uh, 61 games. Yeah, it's that time. And I I know we're going to talk about it a little bit later. But the thing that really struck me was the fact that nobody in the National League is really running away with it. Mm -hmm. If you look in the American League, you've got the Yankees, the Red Sox, and Houston, who probably could all win 100 games this year. Sure. I'm not sure that there's going to be anybody in the National League that wins 90. That could be pretty interesting. So if that's the case, there is a lot of parity, as you said before. So I don't know what's going to happen in the National League. I think the Brewers just have to stay healthy, and you, you never know what can happen. You are very, very gentle and kind, and you're saying injuries. Uh, I'm coming out with the sledgehammer. Okay. <laughs> Their well, pitching sucks. Yeah, <laughs> Starting pitching. Yep. I mean, we kind of suspected that might be the case this year. I remember writing a column going into the season that they still had to address their starting yeah. uh, pitching core. and right. You know, before we began this podcast, I was looking back at the last 12 games, okay? Here are the number of runs the Brewers have given up in the last 12 games. Ready? Starting with today's debacle of, of yeah. 11. Okay, 11, 2, 6, 7, 6, 2, 7, 6, 5, 4, 4. Yeah. That's a lot of runs, folks. So yep. you break that down, and I think there were seven games, seven games in this 12-game stretch where they gave up five or more runs. Right. One game, you know, like I said before, they, they gave up seven. 
It's ridiculous. So. But it's not bad if you give up five or more runs if you're scoring seven or more. <laughs> exactly. That, but, but that isn't happening. But this isn't murderer's row. They got a good hitting team, but I mean, he, somehow, some way, uh, Stearns has to go out and get a quality pitcher, and we'll touch on that a little bit more. But I guess there there are a couple of things. I, I agree with you about the National League parity. Yeah. There are eight teams right now, Jerry, that are within seven games of each other. And like you said, we got still almost 60 games left. Right. Seven isn't very much over a course of time like that. Right. And who knows if they're going to snap out of this. They play the Nationals three straight games yeah. at Miller Park, okay? So they got a chance. But the Nationals, they're still, despite their record, a pretty darn good team. I will say that I, what I thought was going to happen when they lost um, those six games going into the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, they're playing the Dodgers. The Dodgers are in a good place with getting Manny Machado. I thought, what's going to happen if the Dodgers sweep the Brewers? That would be the worst thing that could happen mm-hmm. coming back from the All-Star break. Okay, they won one game, which I think is is good. They yeah. didn't get swept. But, yeah, I th- this is a really important stretch for them. The, you know, the Cubs are up by three. If they, if three and a half. Three and a half, yeah. yeah. So they're up by three and a half. So if the Cubs get up by six, seven games on the Brewers, I just don't I don't see them making that up. I couldn't agree with you more. This, to me, is the turning point of the season. Yeah. They, they got three games against the Nationals. Then, get this, they go on the road eight straight games, okay? Yeah. Including four against the Dodgers, four against the Giants. And we all know that the Dodgers are, are, you know, a stellar team. Yeah. What people don't realize, I think, is how good San Francisco is at home. Well, plus the Brewers have not had a good history of going out on the West Coast either. True, true. So The Giants have had 40 games at home this season. You want to take a stab what the record is? They are 20. I mean, I'm sorry, 50 games. 50 take games? 50 games. Okay, 50 games at home. They are 34 and 16. Pretty darn close. 31 and 19. So even though their overall record isn't anything to get excited about, they're about as good of a home team as there is in the National League. So, again, just to recap, three of the Nationals, good team. Then you got eight against the Dodgers and the Giants. And I predict if they're not within four games of the Cubs at that point, season's over. I just can't see them coming back. Very possible. I mean, if they continue this major funk, Mm -hmm. how how do you come back? Right. I know we haven't talked about it, but... You mentioned about the starting pitcher. You had Brent Suter, who it was tied with uh, Chassin uh-huh. for most victories with eight. And it looks like he might be done for the season now. He re-injured his forearm. So, you know, you talk about the starting pitching. I don't think it's going to get better. I know they're bringing Peralta back from the minors to have him pitch. But there's a revolving door with their pitching staff in the starters. And mm-hmm. that's not a good sign for this time of the year. Now, you know, you had uh, alluded to the All-Star game before. I can tell you one person on this planet that wished the All-Star game never happened. (laughs) And I think you know who that is, Josh Hader. Uh, And unfortunately for the young guy, you know, just some bad stuff has arisen. It was interesting, though. He pitched... It was two, today, right? No, or, yesterday. Or yesterday, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Saturday night he pitched two innings. Two two scoreless innings. And to his credit, I mean, he showed a lot of persistence dedication whatever to to do that i, I yeah. mean that had to be one tough moment for the young man you well know? the worst part would have been for him to have gone through what he did during the all-star break 
and then the first time you pitched after that, you know, just have a terrible outing. Maybe, you know, give yes. us three or four runs in one inning. But he, he was the Josh Hader that we saw in the, for a majority of the first half of the season, which mm-hmm. I was glad to see. I didn't see a lot of the game, but apparently the, the fans were extremely supportive, gave him a standing ovation. So they're, they're supportive of what happened. And that's where I want to piggyback off of this because, yes, he came back at Miller Park. Yeah. Home fans, being what they are, were going to be fully supportive. But once they go on that West Coast road trip, so the fans yeah. in L.A. and San Francisco are going to be as nice? Are they going to I don't know. be yeah. as easy going on him? I mean, look at Ryan Braun. I mean, when he goes yeah. into some parks on the road, even today, yeah. he gets booed. Yeah. So I, I'm very curious not only to see what the Brewers do over the next 10, 12 games, yeah. but how Josh Hader responds to this, number one, and, and how he's viewed by fans around the country. Yeah. That, you know, that's think, a tough situation. I think the difference, Gary, would be is if he had said these things within the last month, but every indication is these were things from years ago. Yes, I think he was 17 years old. Yeah, I think. yeah. yeah. So I think everybody realizes, and again, I'm not justifying what he said, but I'm saying that you know everybody does change and has the potential change, and everybody should have the potential to apologize for maybe some stupid things that they said. And I think if you listen to what a lot of his teammates have said, they go, that's not the Josh Hader that we know. Mm-hmm. So I, I got to believe that the comments that were made years ago are not reflective of who he is. I'm, I'm hoping that that's the case. But to your point, I just don't know if the fans on the road are going to be as abrasive as they may have been to Braun. I think it's a whole different situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be as bad as maybe what you think. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I certainly hope not. I mean, by all indications, he's a good kid. And uh, you being a father, I being a father, we've had teenagers. You and I once haven't been teenagers. Oh, yeah. We went through some things too, you know. Oh, yeah. It's not uncommon for, you know, people in that age group to. And you know what, Gary, think about this too, that back when you and I were teenagers, if we would have said something like that, there wouldn't have been Facebook. There wouldn't have been, you know, the internet. Instagram. There, there yeah, wouldn't yeah, have been yeah. cameras. All of <laughs> Twitter. Yeah, there wouldn't have been Twitter. <laughs> there wouldn't have been all that. You know, we might have said it at something stupid at a party, but it wasn't going to be hundreds and thousands of people that were going to react to it. I, again, I hope everything uh, pans out well with Hater. I mean, especially for him. I, I don't care about the person so much, but Hater as a person. Yeah. Just that uh, going forward, he can put this behind, and, and everybody's you know and, accepting and. And I think kind of to um, tie this all together, I hope that he ends the season on a high note because he and Jeffress and Jesus Aguilar have been really the big stories for the Mm Bulls this year. I would hate to think that Hayter's season is defined by this. I hope it's defined by the fact that he had a great season on the mound. Yeah, you know, the other thing, too, you're absolutely correct. The way he pitched, though, I mean, I think he had four strikeouts in the two innings, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. And the one inning, he struck out every batter. And I'm just wondering now if this isn't a guy that's on a mission. Maybe. You know, that he's going to channel all his frustration and anger, you know, yeah. into his pitching. And, you know, if that's the case, the Brewers are going to have one unbelievable pitcher. I mean, he's darn good right now already. Right. But can you imagine if he got even better? Well, yeah, we have to hope that the starting pitching could keep them in the game before they get to hater. True, true. In the game, so. Again, that's something that would be a good segue to what I was going to say here. 
if you look at the Brewers' starting rotation, Chassin, Anderson, Guerrero, who am I missing here? I mean, these guys are not going to be going to the Hall of Fame anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's one thing to pitch during the regular season, but if, but as you and I have seen, the postseason is a whole different animal. Okay. I mean, you you, get, you bring out the best pitchers. There's a reason why these teams got to the playoffs to begin with. Mm-hmm. And the majority of them have big-time pitchers. I mean, all you have to do is look back at Houston last year, you know. And by the way, I'm still upset that Stearns <laughs> didn't go out and get Justin Verlander. Yeah. So now I'm going to say he can atone for his monumental mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- you know, you and I touched on this before, but Verlander could have been the X Factor last year. I, yeah. I have absolutely no doubt about it, and he didn't pull the trigger. Yeah. And I was thinking this uh, this morning, if Doug Melvin would have been in that spot, I have no doubts, none whatsoever, he would have pulled the trigger on that trade. That's yeah, possible. But he can atone for this, and I'm thinking he should go out and get a pitcher now. Don't wait, you know, three, four weeks, and then all of a sudden the season's over, and, uh, you yeah. know. It doesn't make any sense to get a picture at that point. I have no doubt that he and his staff are beating the bushes to try to find mm-hmm. uh, the, the right team to trade with. My only fear is that that they have a lot of talent in the minors that he's not willing to let go of. And I think that's the reason that they were not, you know, the trading partner for Manny Machado. Um, I, I think that there was a part of him that did not want to give up what the Dodgers were asking for. So that that's kind of that mm-hmm. double-edged sword there. You want to get a player of Machado's ability, but what you have to give up to get him, by the same token, what you're bringing up. If you look at, let's say the Mets are a major player in trading, mm-hmm. and they've got a couple of pitchers in uh, Syndergaard and DeGrom that might be on the, the trading block. What are you willing to give up? And I'm not so sure that Stearns is willing to give up maybe what those, what the Mets might be asking for. So that's the only challenge I think that's out there. Is Stearns willing to, you know, go into their minor league system and really blow it up mm-hmm. to get a, kind of a rental player? I'll tell you what, you hit the nail on the hammer with Jason Jacob DeGrom. That is my new <laughs> Justin Verlander. I give up prospects. Because baseball is a quirky sport. You do not know if you're ever going to get a chance to get into the playoffs or the World Series. I'm all in on this. If they want my best prospect in the minors, you got them, you know, right off the bat. I mean, this guy's had an incredible year. I think he's got, I think, a 1.6 ERA. 1.6 He would look like Sandy Colfax on the Brewers staff. (laughs) But you know what, Gary? Again, let's get back to what we talked about before. Because of the parity in the National League, mm-hmm. if I'm the Mets and I'm looking at the standings and I'm saying, you know what, nobody is really running away with any of these divisions. Mm-hmm. Could the Mets go on a streak where they win, let's say, 10 of 12 and get back in the race? Now they're not a trading uh, potential. Yeah, but you know what, Jerry, yeah, I, I see your point, but I think they're like 13, 14 back. And it would take almost, a, again, a monumental But how close are effort. they in the wild card? That could be. But to me, it's like they're too far back already. You know? Maybe maybe we'll get to that point in middle of August where maybe it starts to the, the muddy waters. I, I agree. I, it's going to be a clearer picture. But at the same time, with the Brewers, I'm not waiting. I just think they're yeah. not in a position to wait. And uh, if you can get to ground. I, I, I also noticed that in the last couple of weeks, 
he has looked like Sandy Koufax. Yeah. I mean, I said his ERA for the year is 1.68. Yeah. I think his last seven games he's pitched, 1.28. Yeah. So Okay, having said that, knowing that the Brewers haven't been scoring runs, is getting a Jacob deGrom enough? Yes, Okay. I, I do. You think that's enough? I, I think they got enough hitting. I think they, they've scored runs. You know, that top four or five hitters in the lineup are, are, are pretty solid. I, I don't have any problem with that. There's another guy I thought, too, Blake Snell of Tampa Bay. And, again, I, I think this is a kid. He's, what is he, like 25 years old maybe? Young guy. A lefty. Uh, I think he's 12-5 and five with a 2.2, if I'm not mistaken, like 2.3 ERA. Yeah. Tampa Bay is not going anywhere either. I think you're probably more likely to find a trading partner in the American League than the National League. Because, again, yeah. you, you've got the Yankees, Boston, Houston, mm-hmm. and even throw Cleveland in the mix. There's four teams. I agree with that, but Houston's got pitching already. They really don't have to go out and get another guy, do they? Oh, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you've got four teams in the American League that are running away with it, so all the other uh, 11 teams are probably going to be more willing to trade. I I think he'd be very intriguing. The the guy, I think, is, like I said, 25 years old, and I'm sure they went arm and a leg again. But if you want to play... With the big boys, you better have pitching. I mean, the history of baseball shows if you don't have pitching, can you win World Series every once in a while just based on the heat? Yes. But the vast majority of the time, it comes down to pitching. And let's go back to your point about Verlander. All you got to do is look to the World Series of last year in the playoffs. What was the one factor that pushed Houston, you know, to the, to the World Series? It was Verlander. What, he was 9-0 and after the trade? Yeah, I mean, so he was ridiculous. He was the difference. And, and it was so amazing because, again, you and I might have touched on this a couple months ago on a podcast. All the people that thought Verlander was washed up, yeah. that he was done, they wouldn't give a price. Well, there's a reason why Houston's one of the best organizations in baseball. They yeah. did their homework. Yeah. And if they would have noticed Verlander was pitching well in the weeks leading up to the trade, that's the one thing that surprises me about Stearns. He came out of that organization. Yeah. He knows how critical pitching is. Right. Uh, again, for his sake, for the Brewers' sake, uh, I, I think they have to swing a deal and, and swing a deal for a, a pitcher. Yeah, top notch pitcher. Don't get another third or fourth. You yeah, know, they, type don't need, rotation they don't need pitcher. another number four starter. Anything else you want to uh, chat on while we're talking baseball? Oh, Remember talking. that song? We're talking baseball. I do. Uh, well, how long ago was that, by the way? Oh, gosh. 25 that? years ago. I was going to say that was at least 20 years ago. <laughs> was George Bamberger the manager of the Brewers? <laughs> <laughs> that might even be going back further than that. Oh, man. So, uh, no, it's going to be interesting. I, I think you know, Brewer Nation uh, is probably a little nervous right now, has a little angst. But, uh, you know, again, if, if they can just go out and get a top of pitcher or maybe another hitter. Hey, by the way. Before we close up, I got to tell you, I loved your blog the other day for Wolfel's Press Box uh-huh. on the shortstops that the Brewers have run through. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's something you don't really think about. But w- what were there six the, of them? The Brewers have already had six guys that have played shortstop this year, and the most they had ever had in a season was eight, going back to the first year of the franchise, back when they were the Seattle Pilots. And then I think in 2012 they had seven different shortstops. So. But if you think about kind of the carousel of shortstops, and that to me, you asked me if I had one other comment, that to me is going to be something that's probably going to keep them out of the playoffs. They have not figured out what to do at shortstop and at second base. Mm-hmm. VR is hurt now. He's on the DL. They're kind of running different guys through. 
at shortstop. Most teams that make the playoffs, I think they probably have at least seven or eight of their guys, their position players, are pretty solid. The Brewers are still trying to figure out what's going on with Ryan Braun. Mm. They're you know they're they're throwing Eric. <laughs> good Thames good, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> And plus, they don't know what's going on at short and second. Mm-hmm. And I like Manny Pena as a catcher, but is he really a solid yeah. starting catcher? So I, I think there are, we've talked a lot about the pitching staff, or the starting pitching, but there's some really uh, open questions that I have about shortstop, second base. Sure. And really, if Ryan Braun is yeah, not going to get that. Just so, yeah. Yeah, Yelich and Kane have been great, but something's got to happen with that third outfield spot. All right, so I, I just want to reinforce this and make sure David Stern heard me. When <laughs> not that he, he didn't, you know, Is catch he one us. of our seven listeners. <laughs> yeah, it's up to seven or eight now. Yeah, oh, it's up, up <laughs> the Waffles and the uh, Taps. <laughs> they have to get Jacob Degrom, or they got to get Blake Snell. If he does that, I'm oh. telling you, they they got a chance. I tell you what, Gary, if they get one of those two guys, I will buy you an ice cream cone. Wow, which reminds me, I still owe you an ice cream cone for Jabari Parker oh, going to the Bulls. Much to my chagrin. dismay or, yeah, <laughs> chagrin. So, uh, hey, great talking with you as usual, Mr. I, Baseball. I, no, that's Bob Buchanan. <laughs> I love being here at the Plus Studios again. Well, absolutely. We, we go first class all the way here. It's so. wonderful. <laughs> so, anyways. Well, thanks, Jerry, uh, for stopping by, and uh, thank you for listening in. And uh, we'll be talking to you again shortly. Take care. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWoofle and WooflesPressBox.com.